0: Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Today, I'm joined with some brilliant guests. First of all, we've got Matt Hayes, also known as Tottenham Blog. How are you tonight, Matt? Uh,
1: All good, Holly. Thanks so much for asking me to come on. I'm looking forward to this.
0: No, Thank you for coming on. And also, we've got David, also known as the Irish Hotspur. How are you tonight, David?
2: Absolutely brilliant. I tell you, that intro is class. I love the music. It's got me well up for this, so let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: good, isn't it? It's a bit of a body popper, isn't it? Um, But yeah, Yeah, thanks again for, for jumping on. Um. So tonight we're just going to pretty much go around all the topics that have been flying around at the club at the moment and that have been causing a bit of division between all the fans. So I think we're going to start with the main guy at the top at the moment, which is Jose, the man that is trying to sort everything out on the pitch. So Matt, I'm going to start with you. What's your takes on Jose at the moment?
1: I, I still think Jose is the man who can who can bring success to this club, but the one thing that he needs is money. And like, look, I, I love Jose, he, you know, he's a character. Everyone loves seeing him in and around the Premier League. Of course, the, the opinion can be different when he's at your club because of the, uh, the the negatives that always come with him him being in charge of your team. But he he's proven it time and time again that he knows what it takes to win trophies. And yes, people can say his his style of football is a bit outdated, but you can't judge him on what's happened at Spurs so far because he hasn't had the chance to put together... The, the squad that he needs, that he wants to build in order to achieve with this team. He needs centre-backs. He probably needs another midfielder and he certainly needs a right-winger as well. So I think we do need to judge him based on how how he fares if he does get the investment. Now, as, as much as I'd love to see him stay at this club, as much as I want him to succeed, if Daniel Levy can say right now there's no money for the summer, get rid of Jose because things are only going to continue to go downhill. But if the money is there, I really do think Spurs can be very successful under Jose Mourinho. I, th- I agree. I think
0: that's a very good point to put out there. I think. We've all got to kind of sit back and think, okay, if Jose had, say, the back line that we all know is a bit poor at the moment, would we be able to fare better? And that's why I want to come to you, David. Is is that something that you feel as well? Is that the, the whole concept of Jose at the moment?
2: Yeah, 100%. Look, you know, the guy has tried everyone. He's tried everyone that he has available to him in the back line. And, and they've all come in and made mistakes and been poor. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know... He's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Like when Eric, he was still trying to persist with Eric Dyer. You know, he was making mistakes week in, week out. And fans were saying, oh, you know, I'll take him out, this, that and the other. But now since he's him out and he's trying to find the right partnership that doesn't make mistakes, fans are sitting there saying, oh, well, you need a consistent back four. He's just one of them polarising figures. No matter what he does, people are always going to say the opposite to suit their agenda to get him out. You know what I mean? He could bring on Harry Wing, Scarlett Bale and Del that everyone has been calling for. But as soon as he brings them on to come on and do nothing, they'll say he should have brought on Sissoko, Lucas Mora, and um, Salomella, for instance. Do you know what I mean? Well, no matter what he does, people just don't want to give this guy a chance. I, I fully agree with what Matty says. Like, Look, at the end of the day, his CB is there. His track record is there. If it's good enough for all the top clubs, some of the best clubs in the world, like Real Madrid into Milan, you know what I mean? You even have Chelsea United thrown in there. If it's good enough for them, why does Tottenham have to be the special one where Jose has to come in and change for us? At the end of the day, Josie doesn't change for anyone. He leaves Tottenham. He's walking into another big club with finances that are going to back him. And I think we're going to be eating our words and that Josie Tottenham would be the only t- team that Josie doesn't win a trophy with. And um, for me, I agree with Matty. If you're going to back, if you if you want to back him in the summer, keep him. If not, you're going to have to get rid of him and bring in another project, and we're going to be on another five-year project, which forever since I've been born, we've always been on a project. So. I'm I'm sick of it. You know, people need to wake up and realise the problems at this club. And it's a lot further than Jose Mourinho.
0: See, this is the thing that, that really infuriates me, the fact that we've brought Jose in and we still haven't necessarily spent the money. And I can kind of see what, what Kelly's saying here in the sense that he needs money because we've seen that in every club he goes to, he needs money. And that's the thing that really irritates me. Does that mean maybe in the summer we might spend money, Matt? Because I can't see that Jose has come to this club without knowing that he'll have money to spend.
1: Yeah, like, I I honestly do think, I've said this quite a bit, uh, that I do think Jose came to this club with the promise from Daniel Levy that he would be given money to spend in the window and he would be given as much as he needed, you know, the the team that he needed to go out and build a squad that he felt would be capable of bringing trophies to to North London for us. But with everything that's happened in the last year, year and a half, you know, people who are complaining with Daniel Levy, of course, have full right to do that. That is their opinion. But I feel, from my point of view, that you can't criticise him for not having... The money to spend, say, in the last transfer window, for instance, uh, last summer, we bought we brought in some very, very good players. and Hojbjerg, two extremely astute signings, and other signings that probably should have worked out a bit better than they have. But the money wasn't there to go out and get a sixty million pound centre back, and then a fifty million pound midfielder, and then a forty million pound right winger. That was never going to be the case. Like, look at Real Madrid for the first time in seventy years, they didn't sign a player in the summer. And the summer transfer window because the, the funds simply weren't there Barcelona couldn't get over uh, a five million pound deal for Memphis to play over the line everybody's been struck by this and yes as, as with everything there are going to be the kind of peculiarities if you're looking at Chelsea Leeds Wolves also all spending a lot of money but on top of everything that's uh, that is affecting every club around the world Spurs are just off the back of building a one billion pound stadium you know there, there's talk of us being in debt by 1.17 billion pounds which is crazy crazy money to think about so I honestly don't think there is anywhere that this money can come from. Daniel Levy even said it himself back before fans were allowed back in the ground for that North London derby, that if stadiums were closed for the rest of the season, Spurs would be in in dire financial straits. And the stadiums will be closed to the end of the season, so it's it's hard to look at it and look at it in this particular moment in time and say, well, Daniel Levy had to spend in in January, he had to spend in the summer, because the long term sustainability of the club is a lot more important than one squad for one manager. As much as that manager could be the, the the man who brings the club to the next level, there's no point in going out and winning two three trophies for two three seasons in a row if ten years down the line the club's going to go into administration and actually struggle to survive. So it's I I do think in that very first moment when Jose was appointed, Daniel Levy had said to him, you know, this is your budget, this is what we'll do in terms of wages, these are the people that'll help you buy these players, but everything, and I mean, everything has changed since that moment, and no, it, nobody can really guess where things are going to go in terms of you know the global situation, uh, from a football side of things, when fans will be back in the ground, you know, how how clubs will come out of this financially, uh, it's, it's, everything is up in the air, and like I said at the start, I don't think Jose Mourinho is the man uh, who needs to be in the club to try and I try and get things sorted out there. Like Kelly said, Jose without millions to spend is an average manager. In the past, he's been a really good manager at that level. If you look at what he did with Porto, you know, it was mainly bringing up players from the lower Portuguese divisions and the kind of younger players at that club that he brought into that team and managed to go on and win a Champions League trophy with him. But first of all, that was an absolute miracle. And second of all, that's almost 20 years ago. A lot, and I mean, a lot has changed since then. the The European superpowers are, are more powerful than they've ever been with the transfer kiddies they've managed to managed to attain and the, the squads they've put together. So it's it's so hard to say where the money is going to come from, and without it, if Jose will be successful.
0: No, exactly that mate. And to be honest with you, I didn't really think of it in that kind of sense. I mean, we are all struggling in a world pandemic, and I suppose even though we know football's its own economy, it has been hit as well. And that kind of leads me on to my next point, David, which is obviously we've had rumours that Daniel Levy wants to sell a big name come the summer, maybe to try and recuperate some of these fees. So saying that, David, is there anyone that you think's floating around in your head which could be this big name?
2: Um look, but before I actually answer that question, sorry, Harley, there is a couple of things I want to say on, on some of the previous stuff that was said. Look, so whether Jose whether you're Josie in or Josie out, and whatever happens with José, it doesn't matter. It's still the board's problem because they knew you were going to have to back Joseph with big money before they even brought him in. They knew that. In terms of the pandemic, um, look, we've been making profit for so many years, right? So many years, right? If anybody should be in a position to exploit this market It should be Tottenham The reason why Real Madrid and Barcelona And that don't have the funds Is because they spend up to 100, 200 million Every season on players We don't So if anyone should have the money to capitalise Right now It should be Tottenham Hotspur Now I get you factor in the stadium But Okay so When you factor in the stadium I get it right But At the same time It still didn't stop Aston Villa um, You know going out Getting the likes of Ollie Watkins And um, bringing in Mark Ross Barkley On um, you know, uh, bringing in Matty Cash at right back Players that, that have genuinely come in and improved their squad And the reason why that happened Is because the owners actually put their hands Into their pocket and bought these players Our owners won't do that and, and this is what we're calling for In a time of need right now When you have a poor squad and you're in danger Of not making any European competition next season January was the time for them to actually Put their hands in their pockets And actually help this squad out Because for the last few years Tottenham has been self-sustainable without their help, without them actually putting money into the club. So I think what our fans are actually calling now is for them to actually genuinely help the club out right now. I get their investors, and investors always invest in a short thing where they're going to make profit. I get that. But you know what I mean? Their profit's going to be affected as well if we don't get European, especially if they're looking to sell this club on, which is ultimately their aim with the new stadium and the new training complex and everything else. It's ultimately to sell it on for a much more a bigger, a much more larger profit than what they bought the club for. But also in them times, you, you also have to think smarter strategically, and invest on the, on on the plane, the plane squad. Like, okay, we built the stadium and we built the training complex. There's no point in having a mansion when you've no furniture to sit on. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we just don't have the players out there. Then in terms of this big thing about a player going, honestly, it really wouldn't surprise me with this board that that was put out there, and they uh, they've already known that it's a case of not that they have to sell someone. But that Harry Kane or Young Min son has looked at this and said, hang on, I'm out of here at the summer. It really wouldn't surprise me because at the end of the day, Harry Kane has come out in the press and he said, do you know what I mean? As long as I see Tottenham progressing, I'm more than happy to stay. But when you're Harry Kane and you're doing the business up the other end and you're looking down at them shower shits down the back, right? And every time they get broke on, they end up conceding or bottling it. The pressure gets them to make a mistake, right? And it costs them the game. If you're Harry Kane looking at this and you have a couple of years left at the top level because of his two ankle injuries and that, like that, you know, will play a major part when he gets into his 30s on how far he can keep playing. If I was looking at it, I'd probably be like, look, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Because at the end of the day, I get he loves Tottenham. But every elite player trains the way they do, eats the way they do, lives the football lifestyle off the field in terms of healthy recovery, stuff like that. The reason why they do all this is because they want to win trophies and they want to be lifting the likes of Champions League, World Cups and stuff like that. So, you know, surely Harry Kane's in that bracket, so surely that's his end game. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Levy made him a promise, this summer's going to be the summer, we're going to back the club, this, that and the other. And next thing, Harry Kane's walked up to Levy and like, well, what's going on? You you, know, you promised me this, that and the other. I'm out of here. So it really wouldn't surprise me if it's the board getting ahead of it. And putting out something like that, that, that's going to happen, even though the player has probably already gone to them and said, I'm out in the summer, let me go.
0: Mm. But I fully agree. I feel like I've always said that no matter whether it's football or if it's just owning a shot down the road, you've got to take risks in life. And I feel like Daniel Levy's just rode this coaster for so long just to coast it. And now, like we said, like you've touched on, this back line and the players that we have, I know I want to get onto Winks because I know it's your favourite player, David, but... I feel like they just haven't invested at the right time. And now it's come to bite us. So I can kind of see what you say with this Harry Kane thing. Maybe he has had enough. And to think that at a time like this, maybe Daniel Levy and and the board have said, have come out with this thing to rile up fans to be like, let's just try and put it under a rock. Let's try and forget it. Let's make out that it's actually a player that is going to leave in the summer, but we've tried to say actually, no, it's, Is because we need to do it more than the fact that actually this player has come out and said, I want to leave. So I can kind of see what you're saying in that sense. I know that someone in the comments said, who's bigger loss for Spurs? Is that Son and Kane? And I think for me, I think at the moment, I think they're just a duo. I don't think you can necessarily separate them. And this is something I want to talk about Jose as well. I feel like Kane has really come on leaps and bounds under Jose. What do you you feel, Matt? Do you feel the same way?
1: Yeah, I absolutely do. And we, we can go back to that. Uh, that kind of clip from the from the Amazon documentary where Jose said to Harry Kane he was going to make him explode. And we all thought that means, you know, 30 goals a season, every season. But it was it was adapting Harry Kane. And you know, I think it does go to show before Jose kind of got this job, he said, you know, there's specific clubs he was looking at. And of course, his his job with Sky Sports, analyzing teams like that. He had this plan in place before he ever came into Spurs. And I'm sure he had plans for other clubs as well. You know, Arsenal were potentially touted as a, as a destination for him, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do with Kane. He knew exactly how to how to utilise him and and the players around him, and how to build that team around Kane. Because for so long we've been hearing, uh, you know, Tottenham are, are planning on building a team around Harry Kane, and we've never had that that sort of investment. And for a lot of the time, we've never really had uh, a plan to to build a team around Kane. Because a lot of what Pochettino did was building a full 11 man squad. Uh, to be the best that it can be but it was never exactly to and of course that's a very good way to to try and get towards success as well but in terms of making kane that focal point and not in not in the sense of a one man team as pep guardiola might lead, lead some people to believe but in terms of there was him being that focal point and you know the the main center of our, of our style of play and stuff and jose did that absolutely perfectly you know getting him in that essentially false nine almost a number 10 role and and having players running around him but there's no point in doing that if if your defense is going to be at best championship level you know, people always made the joke last season about Liverpool, or, or season before, before they had Van Dijk, whatever that was, you know, their the front of their attack was like a Ferrari, and in the back of their uh, attack was like a, a car that you put down in the, uh, in the dumpster. A, a Nissan Micra, exactly. And uh, that's essentially what Tottenham are right now. And in the early stage of the season, it was, you know, Son and Kane overperforming their expected goals, and us essentially outscoring opposition, like that 5-2 win against Southampton. And now because we're not as effective on the transition. And as I think as every game goes on, Jose is less and less uh, reluctant to, or he's more and more reluctant to go forward because I've always looked at that game against West Ham as a turning point for him, where he realised once and for all that he cannot trust his defence. So as much as he has uh, progressed Harry Kane's game, and for me, turned him into at least the top two players in the Premier League. I think Bruno Fernandes, in terms of form this season, has probably been the best, but Harry Kane uh, isn't too far behind him. No, Mo Salah may be creeping up now as a, as a as an option of that but I think for now Kane is there but it, for me there's just no point in that if he can't if he doesn't have that defense with him and the players in that defense are not good enough there needs to be either money invested in it or a manager who who knows better how to man manage players because Jose is this is my team yeah, if you don't like it go away so go on David uh,
2: sorry like just on that point Matty like look Jose is renowned for being one of the best defensive coaches in the world now if he can't get them to defend I'm sorry, but, you know, these names that have been banded around like um, Brendan Rodgers, Nagels, man, they ain't getting them to defend either. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, Rodgers had to buy in defenders to get the defence he has. You know what I mean? He brought in Castagne. He brought in um, Julian Justin. He brought in Fofana. You know what I mean? It's not like he inherited these players and all of a sudden defence is great. He had to buy to improve this defence. You know what I mean? So I don't understand why people are expecting Jose to be able to work magics with this defence without buying. You see, he bought Diaz in the summer to improve their defence. It's proven. You have to invest in to be able to improve improve on what you have. Do you know what I mean? To improve things. Like there's only so many so many times you can try and coach a player when they just don't get it before you're you're just talking to a brick wall. And I firmly believe that's what's going on with some of these players. Like, you know, I even brought in Ledley King to try and get something out of them. Do you know what I mean? And then as well, just on the question of um, Harry Kane or Son, who's a bigger loss, um for me, we could be in a position where we lose both, you know. Son still hasn't signed his new contract. Do you know what I mean? Harry Kane, like I said before, has already said as long as Tottenham are progressing, I'm staying. But we haven't progressed. So we could be in a situation where potentially we actually lose to doing it. Do you know what I mean? And then, as well, just on Mat- Matty's point about um, Jose Mourinho at Harry Kane, I agree to a certain extent that, you know, he already had these plans before he came to Tottenham. But what I will say is, compared to the last season when we had Ericsson, compared to this season, Kane seems to be doing both roles. Do you know what I mean? Where he's dropping deep, picking up the ball, doing the creative side of things. And then also trying to catch up with playing, get into the box and get in the end of things. So for me, I think the reason why you've seen Harry Kane evolve the way he has in terms of dropping deep, getting on the ball and spraying passes, like we've always seen that he's always been able to do it. But the reason why you're seeing him do it a lot more this season, I firmly believe, is because Jose has no one else to do that job. Like, you know, people can say Deli Alli at me all you want, but he's not the type of player that gets on the ball and has the vision for passes. Deli Alli the type of person that does flicks runs in behind and gets on the end of things it's completely different to, to the role Eriksen was playing and I think that's why we're so over-reliant on Kane at the minute because he's doing two jobs
1: I'd, I do think Ali can be that player to to be that creative one sorry I just like that, yeah, that season okay. I think it's the 2016-17 season he had like 12, 13, 14 assists so he's not just that player who, who does a fix. that's what Jose will would lead the fans to believe he is but he definitely is that creative player and I made the point I think it was in the, the game against Stoke where you know Delhi did try a few flicks did try a few kind of penetrative passes and a lot of them were intercepted, but I'd rather Deli Ali in there making ten passes forward and one of them put Harry Kane in on goal than someone like, for example, take Harry Winks who who the ball backwards ten times out of ten. You know, we, we do kind of need that risk yeah. taker of the team, and Ali could be the, the perfect man for that.
2: I get that, but like like you were saying, you know, he tried flicks and and probably one of them out of ten, you know, come off. But like if you compare that to Christian Eriksen, you know, Christian Eriksen would probably get five out of ten. So you know, w- w- when you do take that into balance and account. He's not as good at that role. Deli Alley for me is better at, you know, quick plays, you know what I mean? He's an instinctive player. Like against West Ham that time. The ball was going out, he slid in, kept it in, we went on and scored from it. He's that sort of instinctive player. In, in terms of being able to get the ball, spray it left, right, over in behind, you know what I mean? Kind of sustain the attack and stuff like that. I just don't think he is the I don't think he's that type of player. For me, look, Deli Alley's brilliant at, you know, getting beyond Harry Kane, getting into the box, getting on the end of things. We've all, like, the two goals against Chelsea that time, you know, we've all seen Deli Alli do that. I just don't think Deli Alli is the answer to get on the ball like Mourinho wants someone in that position to be, like, get on the ball, you know what I mean, and play left, right, in behind, try different things. And that I think that's why you're seeing Lamella over the last few games playing in there and doing that.
0: Right, exactly. I just, I think maybe we've kept Deli because of that bit of flair towards the end of the season. I mean, we're seeing it at the moment. Our squad's just so stale. And I feel like, mm-hmm. I hope it will get better, but I clearly can't see it. Maybe that's why we've kept Delhi just to towards the end of the season, just throw him in there to give him a go. And I'd also just like to pick up on this point from rivalry aside. They've said, um, if we do get rid of both, can we trust the board to replace them? And I think we've seen that countless times before. We did the same with Bale. Who have we brought in with it? So I want to get your guys' takes on it, but I feel like it's going to be the same as mine. I just feel like they won't. So Matt, I'll start with you.
1: I if if Kane and Son did go I wouldn't want the board to replace them with two equally world class players first of all cuz that's all such a, a risky tactic you know if you're looking at it in the last couple of years when uh, Premier League clubs have have tried to sign world class players how often does that actually work you know, look at Kai Havertz at Chelsea this season you couldn't say the same thing about Hakim Ziyech uh Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal as well so what I would want is a more balanced squad where it's not that Ferrari up front of the Nissan Micro at the back maybe it's just a uh, you know, an opal corsair, something the whole way through. So whole like reliable from from back to front. But then, will are the board able to do that? Like you mentioned, there the, the seven players he brought in when Bale left. You know, Lamella is the only one that's left at the club right now, and ninety percent of people don't want that to be the case. So it's 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 hard to have confidence or have faith in the board to do the right thing. If if Kane and Son left, but personally, what I would like is that kind of more balanced squad. Bring in a few centre backs. Of course, we're going to need a striker. We're going to need a winger but let's not go out and get a £100 million striker or £150 million winger, because there, I think there are better ways that that money can be uh, utilised. But even having said that, if we do lose Canis on this summer, who's to say that money uh, is, is going to go back into the squad anyway? That's
0: very true. Yeah. How about you, David? I feel like that's that's a good point for Max. I feel like right now we are struggling with that bit of quality in the side, and maybe going out for two world-class strike isn't going to be the thing. So what do you, what do you think, David?
2: No, look. Personally, I have absolutely no faith they're going to reinvest. First of all, let's be honest. The board got very lucky that Harry Kane turned into player he did. You know, the 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 guy spent like you know was that loan at like nearly nine different clubs, and something switched with him. And then all of a sudden, the um, you know I think it was Tim Sherwood showed a bit of faith in him, and he just he just progressed. Do you know? Brilliant. But the board got lucky with Harry Kane. You know what I mean? They got very lucky with Harry Kane, and. Like, Whitson, okay, the bottom in, fair play, he was class. But the thing is, if you're going to end up letting go Harry Kane go, like, I don't trust the board to buy a striker. Like, look at our last few, Janssen, Saldado. Do you know what I mean? Players that literally couldn't hit a barn door. You door. They couldn't score an open goal if they were on the, on the six-yard line. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, like, if they do sell Kane, straight away they have to go all out for a world-class striker to replace him. Because if not, if we're in for a long, long few years. We are in for a hell of a long few years. In terms of Son, honestly, I struggle to see who you're going to replace him with. Especially when you have that guy, Steve Hitchin, up there making the decisions. Who literally come out and said, I don't like the transfer window. Do you know what I mean? And he and he's in a, employed in a position to love the transfer window and go and find his players. And he's come out and said he doesn't like the transfer window. Like, what is going on? I just Honestly, I do not trust him to, to replace Harry Kane and Son adequately. We're going to go through another phase where we sign seven players and hopefully three of them work out. It's a numbers game with this board. I, I'm sick of it. There are, We need Kane and Son to say, otherwise we are going to go down to the lower house of the Premier League for a little while. It's that simple.
0: And that's the thing. I think we've, we've touched on it already, That the fact that I feel like the board will take risks that are calculated. They won't go out and be like, right, this is what we need. Let's go get it and let's make sure it's, it's secure. It's like, let's buy Davinson Sanchez for 40 million and let's hope he becomes good. And again, it it hasn't worked out. So that's another thing. I think looking at the squad right now, who do we really realistically need to shift out? Because I feel like rather than bringing players in, which we do need, I think we also need to send other players the other way. So, David, I'll I'll go with you because I can see Harry Winks looking at you from behind my shoulder.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, I hope you kept the receipt for that, because honestly, (laughs) I would be sending it back and asking for my dollars back. It's an absolute waste and you know you could have got harry kane or someone like that At at least then you'd be a lot more happier than looking at harry winks um look um for me harry winks is the first one to go purely because so many people make excuses for him you know he's english he's homegrown no one wants to talk about his ability you know what i mean it's all oh he's homegrown he's this he's that let's talk about his ability he's not good enough simple as everyone knows my thoughts on harry winks you know you know, okay, when he's 21, 22, you can say, oh, he's a squad player, he could develop. The guy's 24, he hasn't developed, ship him on. Let's like At the end of the day, first and foremost, we, we, we're all in football because we want to see our team be successful and win trophies. Not because we love a story of a player because he's come through the academy. Cut the sentimental crap. That's why we're in the position we are. Because the board know, oh, well, you know, we don't have to sell Harry Winks because the, the fans love him. And now we're in a position where we've made all the excuses for all these players. And we've hung on to them all, and they're just not good enough. It's it's clear as day. You know what I mean? You had fans like me who spotted this earlier on when we were in the Europa League um, group stages, and even before that in the knockout stages, when these guys were coming in playing against a lad that was picking, picking strawberries on a farm earlier on that day, and then he's out playing a Europa League knockout qualifier, and these guys could barely get by them. The evidence was there from so early on in the season. But even before that, you know, Ben Davies is at a club, another one I want gone. Seven years and never nailed down left, left, the left-back starting spot. Wouldn't happen at any other club. It wouldn't even happen at Burnley. And he, and, and he loves a defender. Sean Dice loves a defender. And it wouldn't even happen at Burnley. You go into Davison Sanchez. At the time, I get why we done it. You know, it was a gamble. It was a risk. But he had time to develop because we had Toby and Jan. That that time's gone. He's had that time. He stepped in. And he's still an absolute disaster. For me, pack his bag, send him over to Columbia on holiday for the rest of the season. Um, Sergiño again, another player. Even under Pochettino, no, everyone wants to try and make things a Mourinho problem. Even under Pochettino, the guy was a calamity. He made so many errors. Ship him on. You know what I mean? Um, you go on to even even Dardy. I know he's only he's been here less than a season, but he showed me nothing that he's going to be any better. And he's not exempt just because he's Irish. Either ship him on. You go into midfield. I already said Harry Winks for me. Um, I'd actually keep Sizoco. I will keep Sizoco. You have only Skip skip coming back in. Um, so maybe if you could buy a center attacker midfielder, in my opinion, would be brilliant. Um, I'd also ship on Deli Alli. Look, I love Deli Alley as much as the next person. We bought him for five million from MK Dons. The kid came through. He exploded onto the scene. And he's given us so many great memories. But again, sentiment only buys you so long. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, if he's not in Mourinho's plans, and Mourinho is, your, is going to be here another season, you have to sell them. Do you know what I mean? Um, um, I, I would I would even sell Lucas Mora and Lamella. I'd sell the two of them as well. I'd get them gone. Like, you know, you're talking about half of a squad here. Mm. And that's only what I can think of off the top of my head. There's probably more. There's probably a lot more. Um, just on terms like, you know, like with what you were saying um, about, um, I, I can't remember what it was a second ago, but basically like, The thing is, we've trusted in this board for so long. We've all been behind this board, right? Oh, sorry, we're talking about Daniel Levy and that. But, like, the thing is, we've all bought into this for 20 years now. We've all been on this for 20 years. You know what I mean? It's a project. It's about bringing in players and developing. You know, and we're going to get the new stadium. We're going to the elites of European football. It just hasn't happened. You know what I mean? And they're going to try and sell us another project when Mourinho goes. I'm sick of projects. Time now is to stop being the laughing stock of the top six and actually go on and win a trophy. Like Leicester went on and won a league. When we that should have been our league. That should have been our league. Leicester went on and, and have won a league. They've come from Championship, even League One, to win a league. And we've always been in the Premier League. Always been in Premier League since Premier League day started. And we still haven't won one. People need to start questioning what really is going on here. Like we've bought into the board's way for so long. It's about time the board start delivering and giving us fans what we want because we've put so much money into this club through merchandise. You know, getting over to games, tickets, match day revenue, TV. You're like, you know, you buy your Sky and BT sports money, which ends up going to the club um, as well. You know what I mean? So it's about time the board actually delivered for us fans as well. Like, we've stuck with the board for so long. Now it's their turn. It's over to them.
0: Right, exactly. And I I definitely feel that. Obviously, having winks behind me just shows you how much money I've wasted on this club. So I fully (laughs) agree with you. And I just want to point out what uh, JJ Season said about because of how much rubbish we have in this squad at the moment is it time to maybe give these guys a go Matt is it time should we just give them a go in this Europa game
1: I wouldn't do it in the Europa League game purely because that could be our best chance of winning a trophy this season like I am I'd like to say I'm one of the most optimistic Spurs fans out there but the likelihood of us beating Man City in that Carabao Cup final is, is slim to none at the moment of course there's still a little over two months until that game is actually played so a lot could change and I, I would almost agree with Jose's approach in this one, because you can almost say for sure that Jose is not going to... He's not going to start four or five young players in this game. He is going to take it seriously. And if the option does arise to to bring these players on, of course, he will take that one. But I I prioritise that Europa League a lot more than giving these players a chance like that. And just on the point of like what players we do need to ship out, we have one of the biggest squads in the Premier League, one of the deepest squads in terms of uh, players that could be first-team players. Quality-wise, we're nowhere near that. But we have a lot of players in that team. Like Looking at... We've had to loan out Cesanyan, skip, uh, Juan Foyth, Paolo Paulo Gazzaniga, just because they can't even get near that squad. You know, Joe Roden can't even get in, in the in the Europa League squad. There are six, seven, eight players there that we could ship on for 10, 15 million pounds uh and get a lot of money in. And that's two or three really, really good players we could get in for this team. But I I think Jose is beginning to make opinion his make decisions to appease the fans. And I said this when he brought on Deli Ali and Gareth Bale. Uh I forget which game was it, it's the West Brom game or Jose how fans he's trying to
2: appease. That's the thing. Yeah. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's that, that's even worse, but if he's already making subs, like bringing Ali and Bale on, look, let's be honest, the two of them on the pitch together at the moment are, are a calamity, because neither are, are in the form that, that we know they can show, so if he is trying to make these decisions to appease the fans, maybe he is going to ship off Harry Winks, but maybe he wants him maybe he does think there's quality there for, for him to to make it into this team. And look, I don't think there is. I know the, the two of you don't think there is either, but I was kind of using him as a, as a as a specific example. I want Jose, if he is going to be at this club, to make the decisions based on his footballing knowledge, his expert opinion, rather than, oh, well, I saw three fans on Twitter saying they want... Uh, or these three fans on Twitter said they want us to loan Harry Kane to Doncaster. You know, let's let's not do that. Let, let him make his own decisions. And that is the biggest concern with, I think with every club at the moment, the way everything is on social media now, every single fan has a voice. And yes, that's the way it should be, but not 100% of the time when people are using that voice in such a toxic way. You know, like we, we do need to get behind the players as much as we can, behind the manager, behind the board as much as we can. But when they let us down time and time again, that's when we need to start, I, I won't say turning against them, but, uh, you know, voicing our opinions, like let's not sit here and say, oh, we hate Daniel Levy, get him out of our club, you know, he's no good for us, All this and all this personal stuff. Let's look at it logically, say, well, he's not investing the money, uh, he doesn't seem willing to bring this club on to the next level, maybe it's time for him to sell. And that's, I think, where things could really be effective for Jose Mourinho, because look, I'm not going to sit here and say the, the, the players and the managers scroll through football Twitter every single day uh, trying to figure out who's saying what. But they do see what's on social media. If it's in their Instagram comments, if it's in their their Twitter uh, DMs and all that stuff, they do see what it said, and I, I don't want that to come into effect to to things that are happening at top Master Football Club because that I think could be uh, to a huge huge detriment for this club, and whether or not we can get past that, I'm, I'm not sure.
2: Just on just on like the the, 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 the players, sorry Holly, and um, just on the players and that, um, you know, look at the end of the day, we all sat here and we've backed these players for years now. A lot of these players, like some Eric Dyer, you know, um, Ben Davies, Harry Weeks, um, you know, even Sissoko, um, Sanchez, you know, Aurier. We've all bagged these players for years, but there comes a point where, you know, they also have to earn what you're saying about them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit here and and protect the player, even though I can clearly see he's costing us every week. I'm just not going to do it. Because at the end of the day, I want what's best for my club. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, this thing is such an easy fix, right? Because I've actually come up with something here. Um, if I can just have a minute to uh, to explain it. So, for me, right, you bring back on in the summer. He's your backup to Regulan. He pushes Regulan for a starting spot. That frees up Ben Davies to sell him. So then, you know, you sell Ben Davies and you can also sell Davison Sanchez. You buy in a centre-back. So that leaves you with um, Toby Alderweireld, Eric Dyer, um, Tanganga, Roden, and whoever you bring in. You know what I mean? Then you move on to right-back. But with... With, with with selling Sanchez and you could probably potentially sell Dyer as well. You cannot. You can go and get your right back. Do you know what I mean? And then when you set when you get in your right back, you sell or your or Doherty. That frees up your money then to go in and buy another centre midfielder. You get that centre midfielder. That frees you up to sell Harry Winks. And then you can you know what I mean. You you can keep investing throughout the squad just by selling this dead wood. It's an easy fix. But the reason why it seems so complicated is because Daniel Levy won't take a loss on these players. I admire that. Don't get me wrong. I admire that. I'm pretty sure every club, when it comes to selling players, would love someone like Daniel Levy. But there comes a point where you have to say, okay, you know, it's my fault. The player was never good enough to be here. I put, I invested too much money in him in the first place. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to take a loss, and it's my fault. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to own up to it, you know. For instance, in the transfer market, you know, they put out this – they give they gave football London this article to put out, you know. Uh, these stupid of Furs, Spurs fans, they believe everything we say, you know, tell them we can't sign foreign because, you know, um because of the English quota. But at the same time, what they didn't want to say is, but, you know, they didn't question, up, but we loaned out Skip and Session who, you know, would boost the English quota. So it was the board's own doing in the first place. And second of all, you can just sign foreign to replace foreign. It's that easy. You're still not affecting your English quota. So a lot of it is the boards are making these problems and then feeding the likes of football under and last their goal with these articles, do you know what I mean? I'm putting it out there for the sports fans to lap it up and absolutely, like you know, dive into it and and get behind it. This is why we can't do it. But when you sit back and you take yourself away from it and you start thinking logically, you pick holes in every single team that comes out by the board. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. And it's 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 like we keep saying it's it's like they spent so long not wanting to make a loss, that now we're in this position where we've got so much dead wood over quality. And that's so annoying. And I just want to put a spin on it, because this is quite an interesting point by Phil here. He said that, obviously, we know our defenders are error-prone. But he's kind of saying here that it's Jose's mindset. And I can kind of see that Jose is a hard nut, and he will say it how it is. Now, do you think that's kind of affecting the way the players play and why we're seeing such a decline in these defenders at the moment? Because Jose will just tell you how it is.
1: I, I think he's he seems to have been reluctant to, to criticise defenders uh, lately, which is which is really strange. You know, Dele Alli had that one flick against against Stoke and Joseph came out at the press conference. and was like, yeah, that's the reason we conceded. It's not the reason we conceded. It was because Ben Davis was so far out of position and Matt Doherty doesn't know how to defend the back post is the reason Stoke scored in that game. You know, I don't think he's actually uh, called Eric Dyer out personally in, in a press conference or in an interview to, um, you know, if he has made a mistake. And was it the, the City game or the... One of the recent games, anyway, we game, lost. Game.
2: Remember, he made a mistake against Liverpool yeah. as well.
1: But whatever game it was recently, uh, he came out in the press conference, and one of the first things he said was, "Don't talk to me about defensive errors. I know they are there." And that was the end of that.
2: Oh, yes. That was Fulham. If, if, I think that was Fulham.
1: Was that Fulham? But yet, when Deli yeah. Ali makes one flick that you can categorically say it's not the reason we conceded. He's first on the bat on uh, Deli Ali to call out that Tongian Dambay last season. After that, that game away to Burnley, he's straight away saying, "Oh, it's his fault." It's it's so hard to, to kind of get into Jose's head and understand what he's thinking when he does say these things. But on the point of those seven philosophies, it's something I've spoken about quite a bit on my channel. And it, it's basically just, uh, at its most simplest, it's like, let them have a ball. Let, him, let them have the ball, because if they have the ball, they're more likely to make mistakes than we are. And if you make more mistakes, you lose a game. Yet he's somehow managed to put together a defense that just makes so many consistent mistakes. You know, Dyer, you can have 30 minutes of a game of football, and touch the ball once, and they make an error leading to a goal. It's it's crazy how, how it is working out. And look, th- no one's going to deny the fact that there is a huge huge onus on defenders uh, in the style of football that we play. But they also have a lot of support back there. How many times have we seen Son and Bergwijn playing effectively as second fullbacks or Hoibier dropping in in between the centre backs to make it a five at the back? There is a lot of support back there, but the pressure on them is is absolutely huge. And you know, I, you, I've always said you can't blame the manager for kind of individual errors, but. What you can blame him for is putting us in a position where single individual errors cost us so dearly. Now, I do I do agree with him to the extent that our defence can't be trusted. If we go out and play free-flowing attacking football, our defence in a high line is going to be exploited to no end. But when we're in control of the games, looking at the one against Crystal Palace, uh, you could say almost the same against Liverpool at Anfield because we were really on top of them at the start of that second half. Go out and go for the juggler then. And when you can see the opposition team are vulnerable, go for it and get that second goal and get that two-goal cushion. Because if we, if we were winning 2-0 against Crystal Palace when Hugo Lloris dropped that free kick into Jeffrey Slope's path no one will be talking about that right now no one will be talking about Ben Davis losing uh, Romain Saiz when he played Wolves or you know Hugo Lloris dropping a clangor almost every week at this stage it's Jose Mourinho is not killing games and that is why there's so much uh kind of focus being put on these individual individual areas because they are costing us so much so I, I do think whatever kind of, side when of this, you take the
2: everything game into account there's a reason why he doesn't go and try and kill games though yeah, not the, you know, that's not, not That's no what I'm saying. i said Dortmund. that for so long. That was, hmm. And as well, against Everton, if it was a better defence, we wouldn't have scored four. Do you know what I mean? Everton's weakest part in their team is their defence, so we wouldn't have scored four that game. And again, another better team, we probably would have been slapped 6-1, 6-2 that day.
0: Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. and I've, I've. It's strange. I've kind of seen a parallel between the lights of Everton and Tottenham in the sense that Everton kind of have a shaky defence like we have, like you've touched on. And... That's the game we should have gone out and killed it. And because our defence is so, how how do we put it at this point in time, rubbish and not be able to be composed at the back with these these challenges from other teams, it's just, I don't know where we can go from here. I mean...
2: The thing is with the Everton game, right, let's take it into context. So, like, we were 1-0 up. We were cruising and we were still pushing for the second. We didn't take our chances. And within a blink of a right, we were 3-1 down. That's why Joseph doesn't go to kill off games. Like the re Joseph's system is actually set up to keep us in a game to try and win it. Because he knows the defenders aren't good enough. And and just on your point, Matty, about um, you know, what he comes out and says in the press, it, it's back to what you were saying previously before that. It's about keeping fans happy. Because, you know, like with with the Delhi Ali situation, the reason why I think he called him out personally is because at the time when Deli Ali done it, we were we were on the attack. We were looking to kill the game off. He gave the ball away. They went straight up. We found ourselves one-one against Stoke, a Championship team. I think that's why he called them out. But on the flip side, if he comes out and calls out these these defenders, the Josie Outers are sitting there waiting for that. They're waiting for that and say, "Oh, how do you expect? How do you expect the defenders to have confidence when he's berating them? Like, you know what I mean?" I think the reason why Josie not calling them out is because the amount of mistakes they're making, it's not going to help them by calling them out. Do you know what I mean? Look, me personally, I would actually rather Jose came out and, you know what I mean, had a go at them in the press because they deserve it. But if you're thinking logically as a manager, if he does that, he's only alienating himself with, with, with the squad. Do you know what I mean? So for me, the, I think the reason why is he's is, is, is trying to protect them in the press. Because look, make no mistake about it. The, you know, these managers are fans. They watch us on social media. We all know it. Like, you know, they all do tune in and watch it. And for me, like, you know, he can already see that, you know, these players and these defenders are also getting a lot of criticism off us fans. And believe me, rightly so, it's justified. But, you know, he can't come out and do that. Because ultimately, no matter what, like, ultimately, you know, if he does that, the Jose, the Jose haters are going to be sitting there waiting on hmm.
0: it. It's just a losing battle for him. Like you said, if he comes out and says the players are crap, then we're all going to sit here and say, what are you going on about? And then at the moment, I feel like that's why lots of people are getting frustrated with him because he sits there and says all these things that he's praising the defenders when we all actually know the defenders are paid poor. So whatever he says, he, he can't really win. And it, it's rather frustrating. And I do get everything that you guys are saying. I think what we also need to kind of touch on is the fact that the real gems of our squad at the moment, because I feel like without them... I don't know how we'd cope. And I think one of the people I'd like to point out on is is Hojbjerg. We kind of touched on it last episode and I just kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Do you think the two errors that Hojbjerg has done in recent times is either down because it's too harsh from the ref or do you think we're just burning him out? What do you think, Matt?
1: I think there is an element of burnout there. There's no doubt about that. You know, he's... He's the engine in the middle of our team. And in, so, in this season, that's so much more congested than ever before. And when he's in the midfield that, let's be perfectly honest, is not as good as him, aside from a few times we've seen Ndamale sit back in that double pivot, there is going to be an element of burnout. But you can't expect a player to perform in his level the whole way through a season. And everyone is saying that at the beginning of the season with Kane and Son, saying they're not going to continue to overperform their XG as much as they are. But no one said it about Hoybier yet what he was doing was so much more physically demanding than any other player, because he is that, he is that engine in the middle of the park that keeps absolutely everything going, both defensively and at times offensively as well. So like, you, you can't, you can't criticize him for it, I suppose, because everyone's going to have a downturn in form. And maybe what we are seeing at the start of the season, wasn't just Hojbjerg being Heubier, Maybe that was him at the the pinnacle uh, of his form, perhaps for this season, hopefully not forever, but every everyone has a change in form. And I think, his his downturn in form is only being highlighted so much because of how dependent we are on him in the, in the middle of that park now you can look at that penalty against uh, everton and you can say you can say it's harsh, but at the end of the day he took calvert-lewin down whether he meant it or not is completely irrelevant i do think that was a penalty and the one against manchester city uh, i i think was a stonewall penalty as well again he may not have meant it but he he did take him down he did sweep him uh, with his left foot coming back so i i even if they were harsh if they weren't harsh, you can't you can't just call him out for this and I've said kinda of, on the watch songs that we do that when we criticize Hoybier for a performance, if you know if he if he makes a slack pass or if he's if he doesn't seem uh, kind of if he seems too tired coming towards the end of the game, we're gonna say it. But I think things like that need to be kept to each individual game because credit in the bank is, is definitely one thing, but if he has a bad performance, if he costs us a game, it does need to be said. But let's not hold him, hold that against him a month down the line when he's since you know won three games for us, if that makes sense. Hoybeer is one of those men, I think we put him in with Kane and Son and that has so much credit in the bank individually at certain times does have to be called out, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, we can't afford to be critical towards him. We can't afford to kind of forget what he has done for us. And I'm struggling, and I can't think of the exact phrase to put it, but we need to remember what he has, the good he has done for us and the games he has actually got the three points for us.
0: Yeah, no, exactly that. And it was just, it's interesting to see that while we keep playing him all the time, I feel like he is going to have a little bit of a, a downward because I think that's with, with every player. I think you can't perform at the highest level every single time. So I totally get that. I mean, looking towards the game tomorrow, obviously, David, what are your thoughts? Are you feeling like we're going to go out and try and play our best squad? I know Kane isn't there, but what are your thoughts and feeling on the game tomorrow?
2: Do you know what? Um, I actually think we are going to start with a strong enough squad. And my reason being is, is because he took off Lamella and then Belly against City early. And I think that's because it was to save their legs because they were like, you know, the game was already over. We we're already three nil down. You know, there's no point in having an end on belly when he already has fitness issues running around after a ball for the next 20, 25 minutes. And look, make no mistake about what is going to want to go for this. I fully expect us to, to you know, absolutely wipe the floor with these guys and um, Vulsberger, you know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, I expect to be sitting here tomorrow with a nice big burger, absolutely enjoying it with a 4 0 victory. It should be that easy. It should be that straightforward. Um, and I think if his press conference is anything to go by with Son at the press conference, I can see a strong lineup. Now, I know he did say that, you know, just because Son's in the press conference doesn't mean he's going to play. But he also said that with Harry Winks earlier on in the season, Harry Winks still played. So for me, I do think we're going to go for a strong lineup. Being honest, I would like to go out there, get the job done there in one leg. You know, then bring them back to the lane and and play the likes of Dennis Sarkin and that, and give them a run out. Um, uh, that's my opinion. This this should be a straightforward, easy win onto the last sixteen, uh, yeah, uh, and it's that simple. Honestly, I don't fear this. I've never been so relaxed going into a European game.
0: I feel like I could. I wish I could feel the same, David. I just there's something in me that's just not confident at all, just because it's <laughs> Tottenham and I run a four at the minute. But coming to you, Matt. Do you think this is the shot of the season to try and, and bring and save the season this year? Because obviously the, the Premier League can still be open and we've seen that with the likes of Liverpool and Anfield not being the fortress anymore. But do you think that's kind of out of reach? Do you think Europa League is our one last shot to save the season?
1: Mm-hmm. And it, as painful as, as it is to say, absolutely 100%. Now when David's comments and they're famous last words as a Spurs fan. I know he, he's been caught out with things like that uh, before, but... It's going to be very difficult to get something in the Europa League. You know, it's some, some fans seem to be looking at it as though, you know, look, we it's fine because we win the Europa League anyway. There's some incredibly strong teams in that Europa League. Manchester United included in that, but teams like Napoli and AC Milan, I think, are, are still in the competition. But I, top four for me is gone. I, I I can't see us getting back in there uh, because of, first of all, just how terrible we are, but also how, look, United are hitting form, City are going to run away with the league. Uh, Leicester hitting form, Chelsea with their new manager are probably going to have a bit of a bounce there. Uh, teams like West Ham Villa probably won't have everything as well won't have as good a chance to get in that top four as they do this season there are a lot of teams who will go all out for that and I think a Europa League could be our only way back into into the Champions League for next season and financially that needs to be a priority for the club getting that uh, Europa League trophy but whether or not we can do it is a different story you know and the game tomorrow Wolfsburg are the lowest ranked team in the competition they're I think 8th in the Austrian Bundesliga this should be a walk in the park 6th in in the Austrian Bundesliga this should be a walk in the park yeah like that's that, that's no good like that but this game should be a walk in the park but there's been a lot of games this season that should have been a walk for, in the park for Spurs that we either didn't win or if we did we, we made it very difficult for ourselves so I'm, I'm I'm confident, I'm optimistic going into games as I am 99% of the time but I'm, I'm still uh, slightly sceptical and wary of what could potentially happen I think
0: that's a good point and I feel like Obviously, with how low they are, I feel like it has got to be a game we've got to win and to get those away goals. And what Carl's just said as well, do you think that Bale will start tomorrow? Do you think if we don't see him tomorrow, do you think that'll be it for the rest of the season? What do you think, uh, David? David.
2: Look, to be honest with you, I don't think Jose and Bale are getting on at the minute. You all seen the clip that was released, really, like, you know, we all heard the clip that was released saying, you know, you can either play football here or go back to Madrid. Do you know what I mean? That was definitely aimed at Gareth Bale. Um, then you've seen the tit for tat on Instagram, social media, the press, where, you know, Gareth Bale says, oh, I'm injured, I'm going to work with my sports scientist. And then Mourinho has basically come out questioning, well, you know, I actually don't think he is injured. You know what I mean? And then it's no surprise then that Gareth Bale comes on against City, beats three players, and nearly scores. But again, that's not that's not because of his love for Tottenham and because he wants to be here. That's to say face for Garrett Bale, first and foremost, for himself. You know, like the guy has had chances throughout the whole season to, you know, show us these cameos, show us these glimpses of greatness. And it just hasn't happened. And I firmly believe the only reason why he's done it is because Mourinho questioned Garrett Bale. You know I mean? Basically, questioned Garrett Bale's professionalism, his honesty. And that's why he came out and done that. You know, but at the same time, this is a guy that said he was injured, need to go and work with a sports scientists, and comes off the bench, city goes and does that. So is Jose Mourinho right? Yeah, I think Jose Mourinho was right on the situation. For me, look, we all look when we signed Garrett Bell, we all said we will give him to November, December. You know, build up his fitness. Then we want to see the guest, best Garrett Bell. But as fans, we're still making excuses for him and shifting it to March, April. You know, before we know it, before they've run out of excuses, the season's going to be over. At the end of the day, the guy has come here. Um, he's in love with golf more than he is football. He'd rather be on the PGA Tour than the Premier League Tour. You know, um, people want to make it a Jose Mourinho issue. Just forget about the reason You know, him and Zidane didn't get on in Madrid either and he didn't play for a long time under Zidane. People want to forget that and just make it a Jose issue. For me, honestly, terminate the loan in the summer and send him back to Madrid where he can go and get a nice suntan sinking a birdie in, in Madrid. That's what I'd rather because... He hasn't come here for the love of the club. For me, he's completely lost his love for the game. And that's just my opinion.
0: I feel like it's strange. I've, I've had this debate before. I feel like it was definitely a Levy move in a sense that we were all idiots. I mean, I was an idiot and bought a bell shirt. But it was also a <laughs> sense that I feel like this is his last chance to play for Wales in the Euros, I feel, before his body actually fully collapses. And I feel like coming back to Tottenham was a way for him to try and find his footballing ability again in a sense that... try and get some run of form going and I feel like it just hasn't happened for him and I do feel sorry for him but like you said maybe his professionalism just isn't there at the moment and like you said he's got his eyes set on different things maybe like you said golf is taking that full advantage over him at the moment and although he really wants to play in this Euros is it the be all and end all for him and I feel like it's not so I, I really don't know where I stand about the moment it is sad because for nostalgia reasons, it is. But again, this is something I want to reiterate. I'm probably victim to this as well. I feel like the fan base wouldn't be the way it is if we actually had won something in our recent history. I feel <laughs> like, I don't know, I want to come to you, Matt. Is, is that something that you feel? Do you feel like on Twitter, I know there's there's lots of young people on Twitter, but also old people. I feel like the fans hold on to memories because we haven't got any recent things to celebrate.
1: Yeah, I do think that's, that's a very good point, you know. A, a trophy or two in the last decade or so could have appeased the fans to to some extent because essentially where the the frustration is brewing at the moment is just a constant lack of success. You know, it's been 13 years since we won a trophy. That was the the Carling Cup in 2008. It's been 30 years since the club won a major trophy. And I, I think, look, maybe I'm I'm not the best person to comment on this because I'm only 20. You know, I, I've I don't even remember Spurs winning winning that Carling Cup. Actually, fun fact: started supporting Spurs a week after we won that trophy. So this trophy chart is probably my fault. But that like football it's about trophies and I think for a lot of time under Pochettino I wouldn't say people were brainwashed but people bought into his idea that it's not all about trophies it's just simply being better than you were the day before and eventually success will come with that now that of course the the players in the end kind of gave up hoping that because it had been so long trying to 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 build that way and the club certainly were the same because they did go for Jose Mourinho after that who at the time seemed like a a recipe for instant success with maybe uh, some long-term struggles but a trophy would do wonders for this football club it really would in terms of the mentality and it would give the players that hunger to go on and win and win another trophy and i'm not saying they don't want to win one but as soon as you get a taste for that first trophy there has to be that kind of the the hunger and the the drive within to go on and get that next trophy and the one after that and look maybe that was the whole idea behind Mourinho: bring him in when if your trophies get rid of him and then maybe start uh i don't want to say project because david might hit me but like bring in someone like nagelsman then and and to to build from there but success is everything and it, I think if, if there was that element of the fan base if we had it's like okay well we did win that FA Cup three years ago or we did win that uh I don't want to say Premier League because that would be of course a very different story but we did have a trophy there a couple of years ago so it, it might have kind of uh subdued the, the anger within those fans some bit but you know it's it, it, we, we we're not going to know that because we, we didn't get that trophy unfortunately
2: just just on the Pochettino thing down back um like you know I got into the project just as much as everybody else. But let's make no mistake about it. He was also failed by the board. You know, everyone... Uh, like, you know, people all want, jo- want Pochettino back at the club. But he was also failed by the board. You're telling me... Them them um, two league title races we were in. You know, the, the year we were going to the Champions League final. So many times we reached FA Cup semi-finals, League Cup semi-finals. The year we lost to Chelsea in the League Cup... In the, in, in the League Cup final as well. Like, you're telling me, each of them seasons... Like, especially the league ones. In January, if we went and signed one or two top quality, um, you know, quality players, we're telling me we would have went on and lifted success. We would have. And this is why us fans are getting so peed off. Because how many times have we sat there saying, you know, oh, if only we signed one one player in January in this position to help us. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're fed up of talk. Like, all we do is talk about trophies. But, you know, the board just do not share our ambition and it's that simple like you know what i mean like the way the board scene is oh is doing a great job ah he doesn't need investment you know what i mean whereas if they were proactive and said you know the guy's doing a great job with this some of these caliber of players he has here so you know let's go and get him one or two players in and let's really kick off for this league title so they failed poch they failed mourinho and they failed us they failed us for 20 years they have failed us for 20 years i'm actually getting to the point i'm not messing where i would probably sit here and cry for two days if we win that League Cup. And that's embarrassing, I know. It's full on embarrassing. But it's gone to that point where I've been that starved, of success I've been promised so much, and all these promises have been broken. I will sob like a baby when we lead win the League Cup. Um, and just in terms of what Matty was saying about me hitting him about another project, look, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? I have no problem sitting through projects. But if you're going to send me a project, at least fucking fund it properly. Do you know what I mean? Just fund it properly. That's all we ask.
0: Right, exactly that. And, and that brings me on to the next point. There's lots of people that are obviously Jose out or are not happy with Jose to bring in the likes of Nagelsmann. And I feel like the same problem is going to arise again. Are we going to be in this same boat where we get a good manager in that's compared to Potch? But he's not going to get back, is he? So this is another thing that brings on to my next point. Is there any point having hope in the future for managers after Jose if we don't see some sort of change in where we put our money? What do you think, Matt?
1: I think there has to be. You know, there'd be almost no point in, in supporting the club if, if you didn't have that. But we are we are coming close to that point where it's it's hard to, to kind of muster up that hope within you. But, you know, there there are managers out there who need money to succeed. You know, those are Pep Guardiola, uh, Jose Mourinho, and think Carlo Ancelotti a bit in the past as well. But there are managers who don't need that money and who can build a project and who can, you know, with a, with a kind of lower budget. You can, to some extent, say Klopp did do that because he sold Coutinho to, to get in other players. But like Pochettino who so nearly did it at Spurs... And I can't imagine he's going to go out and spend four or 500 million uh, pounds a season at PSG either. But look, Spurs fans are never going to be happy. And I I think that that is the bottom line that we do need to take into consideration here. You know, for the last week, all I've seen on Twitter is, I'll get Nagelsmann in. Oh, Nagelsman has done so well at at Leipzig. He's only 33. He could be here forever. They lost two months to Liverpool and Twitter went into meltdown. Oh, why are you saying this is our manager? He, yeah, like he said, why why are you calling for this manager? He, He played a high line against Liverpool and got destroyed. You know, Liverpool are terrible and they still lost. There's never going to be any sort of um, kind of agreement within that Spurs fan base, and there's always going to be that noisy element of the fan base who are absolutely furious about whatever happens. And it, I think that that is what we do have to deal with, and it's hard to it's hard to ignore those people. first of all, because when things go around, they are so loud. But also, there's always that part of you that's like, well, maybe they do have a point. You know, like I'm jose In, but. When I talk to people who are Josie out, like, okay, well, that does make sense, or okay, maybe they're right with that. And you, you start to kind of double guess yourself on your own hope and your own kind of optimism. And I think no matter what manager we get in, until we win a trophy, we are going to be in that situation. Like Pochettino, what he did for this club can never, ever be underestimated. He brought us from a team that had Kyle Naughton and Eunice Kabul starting at the back, and he got us to Champions League final with a net spend of £18 million pounds for a year. And still, still, there were people calling for him to be sacked. Like, even before. Before we got to that Champions League final, because of the downturn in Premier League form, there's always going to be some section of the fan base that just isn't happy. And we do kind of have to learn to deal with that. But we also do have to try and muster up that bit of hope uh, within ourselves to the fans who, who want success for the club. Because I'm absolutely convinced there are some elements, some parts of this fan base that want Spurs to fail under Jose Marino just so they can be proved right. And that's the yep. last thing that we need. You know, if, if I came out tomorrow and I 100% said, no, Jose's useless, he's the worst manager in the world, we need to get him out, we're never going to go anywhere under this club. I wish I was proven wrong by that if he went down and won a trophy. But there are some fans, it, I'm sure it's the same with every every single club, but as far as fans that I follow on Twitter, and they're the ones that I do think want this club to fail just so they can be proved right.
2: Yeah, just, just to touch on a couple of points, Matty says. First of all, that last piece he said is correct. I've actually seen people post, you know, see, I've told you so, and I'm sitting there and like... But, you know, the season isn't over yet, so how can you tell me you've told me so when he hasn't even had a chance to complete what he's supposed to do? You know what I mean? So they're already showing their true colours by doing that because, you know, these are the same people as soon as he was appointed sat there and says I don't want him just because he was Chelsea manager. You know what I mean? And then they're the same people that talk about trophies, but if, don't talk to me about trophies if you want a saxe winner. Then in terms of um, Nagelsmann, look, I don't want Nagelsmann personally. I don't want I want to keep Jose. But if Nagelsmann walked in tomorrow, I'd, I'd for 100% get behind him. But, you know, like, the thing is, like, I actually seen someone defending Nagel's man's loss yesterday. They turned around and said, oh, yeah, but he's only 33. They're already making excuses for the guys. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, his age is suddenly suddenly irrelevant. That's why he lost the game, because he's 33. Get a grip. Get a fucking grip. Honestly, it's a lame excuse. See, the problem is with Spurs, for me, no matter who, what manager you bring in, it starts with our fan base, Spurs. It really does. First of all, we need to find our cojones and start actually putting pressure on the board. Start actually putting demands on the board. It starts with that first. Once you get the demands on the board, and believe me, they're always going to listen to you. Because, you know, you stop going to games because the football and the players are shit. um, Which also decreases their ticket revenue to match their revenue. um, Decreases their jersey sales, merchandise sales. And at the end of the day, with these guys, money talks. All they care about is money. So you start affecting their money, believe me, you're going to get changed. 100% you're going to get changed. First and foremost, let's let us make this clear. No matter whose name is on the paper with owning the club, the fans will always own the club because with no fans, there's no football club. It's not self-sust- it's not sustainable without the fans pumping the money into it. So us fans, we all we all own the football club. Um, so at the end of the day, we, it has to start with ourselves. Instead of just sitting here accepting mediocrity, and all the lies that come out, we have to sit here and start placing placing demands on the board, like United fans do, like Real Madrid fans do with their board, like Barcelona do with their board. all top Bayern Munich with their board, all top teams that win stuff, put demands on the board. Tottenham fans, we don't. We do not do it. Then in terms of Liverpool, what Matty was saying with Klopp, like the thing is, the board backed Klopp. Klopp said, I need Virgil van Dyke, I need a world-class centre-back. What did they do? When they got him. Got them to the Champions League final. Then the real issue was shown. It's carriers and goals. He made an absolute blunder. By the way, I was so happy to watch. I was delighted because I hate Liverpool. It was, you know what I mean? It was all my birthdays, Christmases, everything coming at once. Brilliant. But what happened? He's not good enough. We need a goalkeeper. We need a, not just a goalkeeper. You know, we've already brought in the likes of Mignolet, Karius. It's not good enough. We need a world-class goalkeeper. What did he do? Went out and spent 60, 70 million on Alisson. Brought him in. What? What? What did they get in return? Champions League and a league title. You know what I mean? So, like, now, imagine our board done that under Pochettino. We'd already be sitting here we're talking about league titles that we've already won one. The board is a major problem. But our fan base is a major problem. Like, we're split at the minute on Josie and Josie out. Um, I don't like it. I really don't like it. You know what I mean? And I'm a part of playing it. Don't get me wrong. I have a massive part of playing it because I do have very strong opinions. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, instead of going for the easy option all the time, which is sack and Jose, find your balls, dig in, and go for the long, hard option. You're going to have to grind to do it, but you're going to get results. You're going to get change.
0: Right, exactly. And I echo that because I feel like there's lots of people on Twitter that aren't Spurs fans and hate Spurs fans. And when I sit here and see what I've been seeing on Twitter for weeks on end now, you sit there and think to yourself, actually, rather than having so am with the people that run this club we're actually fighting amongst ourselves and it's not going to do anyone any favours going forward so I fully agree on, on what you've said there David and I just kind of want to wrap things up now and say thank you both for coming on you've made this a lot easier for myself trying to host this so thank you very much um, I just want to say uh, Matt where can everybody find you for your shows
1: uh, yeah it's Matt Hayes Tottenham blog uh, yeah. on on YouTube everyone on Twitter as well Matt Hayes THFC just for any Spurs content from, from as Spurs YouTube channels Matt Hayes Tottenham blog
0: Thanks again, Matt, for coming on. And David as well, the Irish Hotspur, if you want to tell everyone where they can find you as well.
2: Yeah, get over to the Irish Hotspur on YouTube. Make sure you smash that subscribe. I'm really passionate. Um, But look, it's not about me. It's all about you, Holly. Make sure you show this girl support. She's out here doing her thing. You know what I mean? Um, so make sure you, you really do get behind her and show her support. I know you have a lot of loyal followers, but we want to get you more. We want to get you, we want to get you over that thousand threshold. So make sure you subscribe to Holly. She puts out fantastic content. She's um, probably more passionate than I am looking at all the jerseys and the little Harry Winks thing in the <laughs> back. So make sure you smash that subscribe and help her on her jersey. At the end of the day, we're all Spurs fans, we all want to succeed. So share the same love that you've shown Matty Hayes, that you've shown me, and show it to Holly. Forget about plugging my channel. It's all about you. And I just want to say thanks very much for having me on, inviting me to come on today. And um anytime you want me to come on, just ask. I'll always be on.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I mean, I'm getting used to this hosting life business. It's it's different from being the person on the end of the question. So I really appreciate appreciate all your, your hard work today. But Well, you've been fantastic
2: today. I think we can all agree with that. <laughs> 100%. Thank you very
0: much. Cheers. But um, until next time, guys, I shall see you later. Adios.